Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. EWA 517, do you want to report a UFO? Negative. We don't want to report. Aries 31, do you wish to report a UFO? Over. Negative. We want to report one of those either. Uh, Aries 31, do you wish to file a report of any kind of it? I wouldn't know what kind of report to file, sir. Uh, Aries 31, uh, me neither. Aries 71, pop the golf, good. Was anybody uh, above us that passed us like 30 seconds ago? Aries 71, pop the golf, negative. Okay. Pop this. A UFO. Yeah. It's emergency 295, yeah, something just passed over. It's, uh, like us. Don't know what it was, but it's at least two, three thousand feet above us. The eye passed right over the top of us. 911, you guys busy? Did we just call about the UFOs we Welcome to UFO Chronicles, a place where people share their experiences of the strange and unexplained. If you've had an encounter and would like to be on the show, you can email me at ufochronicles at gmail.com. everyone and welcome to the show wherever in the world you are listening from i hope you've all had a good week i'm nick hunter and you're listening to the ufo chronicles podcast our guest tonight is mark from michigan with a full episode witness submission that he sent in mark has been having experiences his whole life visited by a being he would call the blue man he would be regularly woken up by glowing objects in his bedroom. He has been experiencing these types of events his entire life and some he has shared with his sister. Mark remembers things happening to him from the time he was a toddler to as recent as last year. Mark up next. If you enjoy listening to the podcast and would like to help support my work, there is a couple of ways to do this. Either you can join Patreon and become a patron of the show for as little as $5 a month or you can donate via PayPal. And if you like, you can set up monthly reoccurring payments. All links to support the podcast are below in the show notes and on the website. Any help is extremely appreciated and it helps the show to continue running. Now, on with the show. 
My name is Mark and I am from Sterling Heights, Michigan. It's about 20, 30 minutes north of Detroit. Um, and I, I'm here to tell my stories. I have a lot of uh, paranormal stories that may seem random at first, but I really think they are all kind of maybe related to the same thing, which I'll kind of tie in towards the end of uh, my discussion today. Um, but I just, I think it's so important that we all share our stories. So many people have had strange experiences happen to them. And I feel like a lot of people are maybe, you know, I don't want to say ashamed, but may feel, you know, apprehensive about sharing these type of experiences with one another. And I, I really think, you know, talking to your peers and your friends and family about this stuff is important because more than likely not, they've experienced something as well, or they know somebody who has. And it's just a lot of fun to talk about. And I just don't think we should be afraid anymore. Something is definitely going on. All right. I'm going to kind of start at the beginning when I, when these paranormal experiences first started happening to me. And the very first thing that I remember, I was about two or three years old and I was in my crib. I had this bedroom at my parents' house. My brother was had just been born. He had his own room. I had my own room. And in my room, I had this jungle wallpaper, lush green leaves all, all over the place on all four walls. But on the wall where my crib was, there was these three large cats. There was a tiger, there was a lion, and there was this black panther that was sitting directly across from my crib. And after a while, Things weren't strange for, you know, I had the wallpaper for like at least a year before things started getting kind of kind of creepy. But this Black Panther would wake me up in the middle of the night. It would mimic my mom's voice. It would tell me like, hey, Marky, hey, Marky, wake up. And I would wake up startled. And this voice that sounded like a bizarro version of my mom would be coming from this Black Panther that was square dab right in front of me where my crib was. So, of course, you know, freaked out, screamed. I, you know, was hysterical and I would complain to my parents however I could, you know, uh, explain that with my two-year-old mind, what was happening. Eventually, my parents got tired of me freaking out every night and they stapled brown paper bags to each of the big cat's faces. Eventually, the wallpaper came down and they painted the room over. So, that was the first experience that I remember happening to me at a young age. My wallpaper was talking to me. Um, the next experience that I remember, this was a few years later, in about 1987-1988, the real Ghostbusters cartoon was very popular, and I had gotten Ghostbuster Play-Doh for Christmas that year. And the Ghostbuster Play-Doh came with two glow-in-the-dark stickers. There was Slimer and there was Ecto-1, the car. And they were glow-in-the-dark, just that 80s kind of off-whitish, greenish, yellow color. And I stuck those two stickers on the wall in my bedroom between my bedroom door and my closet. There was a, like a space of one and a half foot wall that separated the two doors. And one night, well, at this time in my life, I was like, you know, four years old, five years old. Um, my mom was sleeping in me and my brother's room regularly. At this time, my sister Teresa was born. She had her own room. And me and my brother shared a room that my mom quite often slept in because I was always afraid to go to bed. So my mom slept in this rocking chair in the corner. And I remember one night I woke up and these glow-in-the-dark stickers were blinking and pulsating um, rapidly and gl glowing extremely green and lighting up my whole room and they were flashing and blinking. So I get up and I'm like rubbing my eyes. I'm like, what is going on? And, you know, 
the stickers are still pulsating. So I get up, I'm kind of freaked out, but I walk slowly to the stickers, the glowing fades, and I touch them and they, they had stopped glowing at this point. Now I know glow-in-the-dark stuff, especially in the 80s, only lasted for a few minutes once it was charged up. This is hours after the lights were out, probably between midnight and one in the morning. So what do I do? I wake up my mom. Mom, mom, the stickers are glowing. The stickers are glowing. She gets up. She's probably confused. What is this kid talking about? She tells me, oh, you know, you're like imagining things. Just go, go back to sleep. My mom gets up, go down, goes down across the hall to where the bathroom is directly across from my bedroom. And she goes to the bathroom. I don't want to be alone with my sleeping brother in the room. I wait by the bathroom door for my mom to get done because there's no way I'm going back into the room with those glowing stickers. And I'm sitting and I'm waiting for her. My mom finishes going to the bathroom, gets out. She goes back into my bedroom. I go back. I go into the bathroom and I am peeing at this point. And in the bathroom at my parents' house, there's one sink and it's like a long vanity. And um, while I'm going to the bathroom, I notice that there's like this whitish, yellowish, orange orb type thing by the door floating above where my mom keeps her scrubs on the vanity top. My mom is a nurse and she always kept her scrubs for the next day folded on that vanity top. And I remember seeing this orb or this misty looking light thing floating in the bathroom. So, you know, I finished peeing. I'm like, what is going on? And for some reason, I'm not super afraid. I'm more of just like super confused. And I walk over to the light. It disappears. I exit the bathroom. And instead of going back into my bedroom where I know my mom is sitting and sleeping in the rocking chair and my brother's asleep in his crib, for some reason, I'm compelled to walk down the dark, scary, creepy hallway into the darkness, which I would never normally do. But for some reason, I feel like it's a good idea. So I walk my little four-year-old ass down this hallway and I stop because I see about 15, 20 feet in front of me to my right-hand side uh, at my parents' house, the, the layout in the kitchen, it's like an open layout. So you can see the kitchen, you can see the living room from the hallway. It's like one big kind of room. And I see this being about 20 feet in front of me. It was very confusing. This being, I knew it was older than me. I'm pretty sure it was a female, but it was wearing different clothes than what my mom was wearing. And it just stood there and was looking at me and I'm trying to squint my eyes. I don't have the best vision and I didn't have glasses at this time. So I'm trying to kind of, I'm like super confused trying to decipher who this person is because there's no women in my house. It's only, well, my sister who was a baby at the time and my mom. And this wasn't my mom because it was wearing different clothes and taller. And so I'm squinting, super confused, and I don't know what to really do or say. So I just call out mom to this thing. I say, mom. And it looks at me and starts walking slowly towards me where I'm at. I can't move. I don't even know if I tried to move at this point. I'm just standing still. And this being keeps walking closer and closer. And my mem- in my memory, there was this lazy boy that my parents had that was sort of about three feet in front of me. And this being came and went right up to the lazy boy. And as soon as it got within like a few feet of me, two more appeared. One which appeared to be like a male and one which appeared to be a female. And in my memory at the time, you know, I haven't had a lot of context of life, you know, to determine like the, you know, what these people were wearing and like, you know, but the male one looked like he seemed to have like blue pants on and a black shirt and he wasn't really paying too much attention to me. The other female one or one that seemed like a female to my left didn't seem that interested in me. I thought in my memory, 
She was sitting on the couch, and then the one in front of me kept looking at me. So I, for some reason, I'm still not freaked out at this point, and I just look at them all super calmly, and I say, good night. And I walk back down the hallway to my room. At this point, it seemed, I feel like it's maybe like four or five in the morning. Uh, there's like a light, light sunlight coming from the windows. Not really like sunlight, but it's like, you know, the dawn. And my mom is passed out in the rocking chair. My brother's passed out in his crib. And I get right into my bed and get all cozy, fall right asleep. And I have the most amazing dream about finding a bunch of kittens in my basement. And at that time, I was super obsessed with kittens. You know, four years old, they, I was obsessed with cats. And I had the most beautiful dream about these fuzzy little kitties down in my, in my basement. I, I still remember the dream and super crazy. And, you know, I've questioned my mom, you know, multiple times after this incident. I'm like, hey, you know, mom, do you remember me waking you up when I was younger and asking you or, you know, telling you about the glowing stickers? And she's like, yeah, you woke me up and told me your stickers were glowing in the room. So I know I wasn't dreaming. This was really happening. Super wild. Um, and that's the first time I saw entities in my home. Um, the next story I have is, you know, fast forward a few more years. Like I mentioned before about my mom being a nurse on the weekend, she worked at a hospital in Detroit and my dad, you know, would hang out with us on the weekends. He'd cook us breakfast in the morning, uh, you know, watch Saturday morning cartoons. And I remember one Saturday morning, I could hear my dad cooking breakfast in the kitchen and I could hear my brother and sister watching cartoons from the living room. I was laying in my bed, which was in the corner of my room, and I would sleep facing the wall. And I'm just laying there facing the wall and I have to pee so bad, but I'm just sitting there. I don't quite feeling, I don't quite feel like getting out of bed quite yet. So after about like 10 minutes, I end up turning around, rolling over, and I see this guy, this humanoid, uh, Rodney Dangerfield looking ass dude with big bulgy eyes. He's totally blue, like blue skin. He's wearing like a like blue coveralls and he's kind of shimmery and sparkly. And he has this ghastly grin on his face. He's like looking at me like a cartoon dog looking at a cartoon T-bone steak. And we make eye contact. As soon as we make eye contact, he looks like freaked out, like, oh crap, this kid saw me. And he zooms out of the room lightning fast, like the Tasmanian devil. And I'm telling you, there was a motion streak following his body. That's how fast he was moving. It was insane. At that point, I was totally terrified. And I just forced myself back to sleep. I did not want to get out of bed. I forced myself back to sleep until, I don't know how much longer it was until I got out of bed, but I remember this guy's face distinctly and it was so creepy. I have never seen him again after that, but that stuck with me. And it was the wildest looking dude I've ever seen in my life. Um, so that's the second time I've seen an entity in my home uh, that wasn't quite human or, you know, uh, an earth human, I guess you could say. Another kind of freaky story. My sister and I have experienced multiple paranormal experiences together. Um, at the same time, um, uh, there was, there's at least two or three times. And one of the times I was laying in my bed, reading a book. I had my nightlight on, I had my glasses on and my parents, I could hear them watching TV in the kitchen. My sister was asleep in her room. This is probably nine, nine 30 at night. And I'm reading a book and there's this dresser in my bedroom there at the time there was a dresser in this bedroom with this mirror, this big, large mirror. And if I, from laying in bed, if I looked in the mirror, I could kind of see the reflection of what was happening down the hall. So I'm, I'm casually reading and all of a sudden I see movement in the mirror. So I'm looking at the mirror and I'm seeing this person 
who's not in my family. It, he's like sepia tone. He's wearing a hat. It looks like he's wearing suspenders and a, and a long white shirt, but his face is completely blank. And I don't mean like a blank blank stare. I'm talking like just all skin, like no face, no eyes, no nose, no mouth. And he's walking down the hallway. So I'm like losing my mind at this point. And I'm, I'm looking in the mirror. He's still walking. And then I turn to my left to where the door is. And I see this thing, this guy, not in the mirror, but in real life and walk into my sister's bedroom. At that point, I was like, oh my God, who is this person who broke into my house and is now trying to get into my sister Teresa's room? So I get out of bed as fast as I can. And I get to, I get into the hallway and I see that her door is closed and I'm sort of confused. Yeah. I just saw this guy in there. The door is totally closed. I didn't hear it. The door closed. So I bust open the door and I turn the lights on and I yell, Teresa, my sister gets right up and is, you know, freaked out because I had woken her up. And, you know, she asks me, Mark, why did you wake me up? And I'm like, there's a guy in your room. And she told me, what are you talking about? There's no guy in my room. I'm like, I just saw a guy walk down the hall. He had no face and he walked into your bedroom. Sister was super confused, but then I kind of gave her a few more details. I told her I was reading a book in my room and I saw movement in the hallway and there was this man, sepia tone, looked like he walked out, walked out of an old ass movie, no face, wearing a hat, like a newsies cap almost, suspenders, white shirt, pants. And she told me, Mark, are you serious? Did you really see this guy? I'm like, yeah, I saw this guy. She had told me that she had seen that same man sitting on her dresser months prior, watching her in her bed when she was sleeping. Totally creepy, totally scary. Neither of us ever saw this guy again, but we had both seen him at different on different occasions. Super, super crazy. Another instance when my sister and I both experienced the same thing was a few years later, I was a teenager. And I was in my room and I woke up and I felt this presence. So I looked to my doorway, my lights, I had my nightlight on at the time. I had a pretty big nightlight because I was still afraid to sleep uh, without the lights in the darkness as a teenager. And I also had the hall light on too. I would sleep with the hall light on, sometimes the bathroom light on and my nightlight, which I said was pretty much, it was like a full size lamp. So I wake up and I feel this presence, this super, I just feel filled with terror. And I look in the doorway and there is this between three and four foot tall, short, big head looking, pitch black shadow being, I guess you could call it. And I see this thing and I feel just full of terror and rage. And my adrenaline is instantly pumping and I start screaming and I start running towards this thing. And this thing starts running towards me super fast. And I feel it almost like jump into me and as if it's going through me and through my body and out of me. I, I, all I remember is freaking out, flailing my arms and legs, just trying to get out of my room, down the hall to my parents' room. So I run, I jump through, I run through this thing. This thing runs through me and I get to my parents' bedroom and I try to open the door, like try to open it and close it behind me. But my parents' bedroom was locked and I slam into the door so hard that I break the door in half. My parents, well, not in totally in half, but I break it from like the door handle about three quarters way through the door. It's cracked. I was at my parents' house the other day and they still haven't fixed it. It's still cracked from that night. So I'm banging on the wall and I'm banging on the door and I'm screaming for my mom, screaming for my dad, bloody murder. Like I'm screaming as loud as I can and I'm banging on the door. My mom answers so confused, freaked out. And she's like, Mark, what's wrong? And I tell her, mom, I know I'm 16 years old, but there's a effing monster in my effing room. And I'm completely terrified and I'm too afraid to turn around. 
So I, I slowly, I, I hear a voice behind me and I hear my sister's voice. And it said, she says, Mark, you really hurt me. And I turn around super confused. And my sister's picking herself off the ground. And I, I walk up to her. I'm like, what happened? What are you doing? She, she tells me that I started, I threw her on the floor and I started kicking her around the room before I had left the room. And I'm like super confused. My mom's trying to calm us both down. We finally are calmed down. My mom goes back to bed. And my sister tells me that she's like, Mark, I didn't want to say anything when mom was in our room with us just now. But I was having a dream that there was a demon or something in our home. And everyone in the family saw it as a blonde haired boy. But you and I saw it as a dark shadow entity. And I lost my mind. I saw this thing that my sister was dreaming about. And I am blackout, filled with rage. And I end up, my sister gets a, is afraid of the dream she's having. And she walks into my room and she gets in the way of me freaking out. And I end up hurting her. Super crazy. So that's the second time my sister and I both saw the same entity. Very kind of crazy. And I'm going to kind of linger on this uh, sort of demonic subject for a little while because the next story is kind of long, but it, it touches on uh, demonic possession, uh, that the topic. And I want to give a little bit of backstory. My family is super, super Catholic. Um, my mom grew up super, super Catholic. I went to Catholic school from kindergarten through high school, went to church every week, went to confession Every month was an altar boy, everything. I went to catechism, youth group, all that stuff. So I just want to preface it with that. And uh, this next story takes place in the summer of 2001. I was a junior in high school going into my senior year. And I was super afraid of girls. I went to private all-boys school. And I, I, I purposely wanted to go to an all-guys school so I didn't have to be around girls because they made me so nervous and afraid. Um, I was teased a lot in, in grade school. They would call me tomato boy because whenever girls would talk to me or I had to give a speech in front of the class, I would turn beet red and get all sweaty. So all like the cool kids would call me tomato boy. And it just it just embarrassed me, made me feel terrible and made me afraid to talk to girls. So I went to an all guy high school and my senior year, I was finally leaving the Catholic school and going to a public school. At the time, my aunt was, you know, paying for me and my brother to go to a private school and it was just getting too expensive. And my sister was entering high school. So to make it easier for everybody to get to school together, I didn't have my driver's license at this time. So to make carpooling easier, we all just went to the same school. And so it was my first time being in a high school with, with, with girls. And there was, I knew some of the girls that went to the school. They were friends with some of my friends that had already gone there. And there was this girl named Katie. And all my friends had a big crush on her. And for some reason... I found out she had a crush on me. So of course that terrified me, but it also made me very excited to potentially have my first girlfriend. So I end up inviting or asking Katie kind of on a casual date to the bowling alley one night. And I invite all my friends because of, of course I don't want to be alone with this girl because I'm terrified. I'm nervous. I'm afraid. Tomato boy is afraid to go on a date. And we all go bowling and we all go out to dinner after. And because I'm so shy, I barely talk to her. I'm 
I'm freaked out. I don't know what to say. Don't know what to talk about. But all my friends are acting all cool, schmoozing around her, flirting with her. She's flirting back. And I'm feeling so defeated and just so terrible because I won't say anything. And all my friends are swooping in. And it just it just really bums me out. I have a terrible night that night. So I go home after everyone else has a great old time. And I'm in my bed. And like I said, I'm at the time I was very Catholic. And I decide I am going to say a rosary for just the whole situation and for Katie, just to try to send positive vibes to her, positive vibes to for me, just positive vibes. Just trying to just you know say a nice long, long ass rosary for, for the situation. So I'm laying in bed and I finish saying the rosary. The second I finish, I hear this low pitch growling enter my bedroom. My brother, we, we were still sharing a room at this time, and he was in his twin bed. I was in my twin bed. His bed was closer to the door, but he was he was passed out. And this low guttural growling is getting louder and louder. And at the time, we had a cocker spaniel named Rosie. But this did not sound like my cocker spaniel named Rosie. This sounded a little a little creepier. So I'm like super confused. I'm like, what? Is like Rosie sick? What the heck? Why is she growling like that? So I go to turn to the door but I'm paralyzed in my bed. I can't move and it's getting louder. And I, now I am filled with pure terror. And I see that almost like this black misty cloud type thing above the vanity in my mirror where, you know, years prior I saw that man with no face, but I see this misty cloudy thing and it's black. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, that ain't Rosie. Rosie can't, can't float, float like that. So I, I'm trying to concentrate and I'm trying to like just pray or just, I'm trying to snap out of being paralyzed. I can't scream. I can't do anything. So I'm trying to, you know, muster up as much strength as I can to say, yeah, in the name of Jesus, I command you to leave or something along those lines. And I'm just trying to just get rid of this thing. And so I concentrate and I concentrate and I finally am able to let out those words, uh, Jesus, I command you to leave. And the growling stops, the heaviness that was in the room dissipates. And I feel totally fine, surprisingly. And I turn to my right hand side and I pass out and go to sleep. Next morning, I wake up, don't remember anything, but there was a, close to my parents' house. What we did for fun is I didn't have a license at the time. You know, me and my siblings and friends, we would walk to this gas station down the road, mile down the road, get snacks and walk back. So me and my sister take a walk down to the gas station and on the way back, suddenly what happened the night prior flooded over me and I told my sister, Teresa, oh my God, I just remembered and I explained to her what happened. I was saying her rosary for Katie. Then I heard this growling come into the room. It was just you know, washing over me. And I explained to her what happened. And, you know, like we've all, her and I have shared paranormal experiences. So, you know, whenever something like this happens to anybody in the home or in the family, we just talk about it. So, you know, fast forward some time, um, Katie and I do end up dating, but as you'd expect me being super shy, not putting out, you know, I think I kissed her on the you know lips maybe one time. Uh, it didn't, it didn't last too long, but while we were dating, my good friend, Matt, had just got his driver's license and he also had a crush on Katie. So, you know, me and Katie's sh short-lived romance, uh, you know, it just didn't last long. Matt kind of swooped in, impressed her, had the car, wasn't shy. So they ended up dating pretty much at the same time her and I broke up. So, you know, I'm, I'm totally bummed, pretty heartbroken. His first girlfriend doesn't go very well, of course. And uh, so, you know, they end up dating. And I kind of, I try to get over it and I, I do get over it for the most part. And during this time I was 
you know, in a band, a local band, and we were playing a show at a local venue. And a person that I haven't seen in a long time ends up coming to the show, this girl, Kristen, who I went to grade school with. And Kristen left the school we were at in about sixth grade. And I never really knew knew why. She was friends with this girl, Beth Bennett. And I remember them being like the goth girls at our at our school. So she tells me that her and Beth got into some weird stuff, witchcraft or whatever. And their parents kind of wanted them to not hang out anymore. And they took them out of the school and they went to, I think they were homeschooled or something at that point. So Kristen and I, after the concert, we start talking about just life and we're catching up and the, the topic of paranormal experiences comes up. So I'm sharing her what I've gone through my entire life. She's telling me what she's gone through her entire life. And I explained to her what had happened with uh, the growling in my room, the dark shadows. And she tells me that she's been experiencing the same things recently. So and she also tells me that she can supposedly sense these things and can figure out what they are and how to get rid of them. So, of course, I invite her over a few days later so she can come over and check out the vibes in my house. The day she came over, I invited my friend Jesse Ramsey over and me and my friend Jesse and Katie, uh, Kristen and my brother were all hanging out in my room and Jesse and Kristen are having a conversation. They're talking about, you know, just life things. And we were talking for like 10 or 15 minutes and all of a sudden Kristen gets on her knees and just is like stiff as a board. Her body turns ice cold and she's staring above the mirror where I saw this mist a few months prior. And she starts speaking in tongue. I don't know if it was necessarily speaking in tongue, but she's speaking this weird language I've never heard before in my life. And she's just staring, ice cold, rigid, won't move, speaking this language. My brother gets out of the room instantaneously. He's like, I'm, I, I can't deal with this. He leaves. And me and Jesse are trying to shake Kristen free. And we're trying to get her to snap out of it because we are, this is purely terrifying. So we finally get Kristen to snap out of it. And Kristen says, okay, there was a demon in here, but I binded it. It's going to leave you alone. But it came into the room while I was talking to Jesse and um, you're not going to have to worry about it anymore. I'm like, what do you mean there was a demon in our room? What do you mean you binded it? How do you do that? Like, what are you talking about? Supposedly her dad was a pastor at some church and taught her how to bind demons and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. I need to invite some more friends over. So call my friend Ryan, who lives down the street. I'm like, Ryan, you got to come over. This crazy person is seeing demons in my house, speaking in tongue, like, get, get over here. So he rides his bike over. So we're all hanging out. Me, my brother, Jesse, Kristen, and Ryan. My brother had told Kristen that weird things were going on in the basement of our house too. He told Kristen that my, my dad has a workroom in our basement and what he does for a side job is he transfers old film like 35 millimeter and eight millimeter film to DVDs and VHS tapes. So people will, you know, pay him to transfer their memories from film to a, a format that is more easily accessible and can be viewed, you know? So that's what was happening in this room. But the weird thing that was happening, the strange paranormal thing that was happening was my brother would be down there like grabbing stuff or cleaning up. And he, at one instance, he said that he went to go pull like a, the light, you know, there was a drawstring for the light. He went to go pull it and it like moved out of the way or, you know, he would go downstairs and boxes would be set up a certain way. And then he would come back down and they'd be set up different. Like, so like more like, um, I guess you could say poltergeist type activity. So, you know, my brother tells Kristen this. So Kristen and Ryan go downstairs to the workroom 
where my dad does his video transfers. So me, my brother, and Jesse are upstairs hanging out. All of a sudden, I hear screaming, and I hear running up the steps of the basement. I'm super confused. Kristen comes up. Ryan comes up. They're like, they tell us that they felt like claws or something grabbed their ears, and that Kristen said a legion of demons were in my dad's workroom. And I'm like, oh my God, what are you talking about? So she's like, come downstairs with me. I'm like, okay. So me and Kristen go downstairs. She has all the lights off. We go into the pitch black, scary workroom where my dad does the film transfers. And she's like whispering and she tells me, be quiet. Can you feel them? And I'm just kind of just going with it. I'm like, uh, I think so. She's like, there's like a legion of demons in your basement. And they've been, they think it's funny that you're so afraid. They think it's so funny. They've been bugging you your whole life and just, you know, terrifying you. And they just think it's so funny. She's like, I'm going to bind them. I'm like, okay. So she starts, she turns the lights on, starts speaking this weird language again. You know, she starts speaking this weird language, starts praying and all this stuff, doing the sign of the cross. And then we go upstairs and she starts doing this in every single room of the house. And my mom, like I said, our family is very Catholic. There's rosaries. There's a, pr- probably a thousand pictures of Jesus and Mary everywhere. There's bottles of holy water everywhere. So Kristen grabs a bottle of holy water. She goes through each room, sprays the room, says prayers. And when she's done, I think the process takes about 30 minutes. She tells us, okay, I, you know, I think I got rid of everything. I think you guys are going to be all set. And I'm like, okay, okay, really? Like, are you serious? Like, well, what did you do? And she wouldn't really quite tell me what she did, but she said she took care of stuff. So I guess I trusted her. <laughs> I guess I, I took her for her word. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. 
If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So the next two weeks, there's like a lightness and peaceness in the house, which I haven't felt in a long time. I'm like pretty much sleeping with no nightlights at this time. No stuffed animals, no baby blankets. I'm sleeping like a champ, sleeping like a a 17 year old champ who's not afraid of no ghosts. So two weeks, perfect two weeks. So at about the two week mark, uh, me and my sister and my mom go to the store and my brother's home alone. After we get home from the store, my brother is sitting on the front lawn and he's refusing to go in the house. I, I tell him, Tom, like, what, what are you doing? Like, why are you afraid to go in the house? He tells me that he was in the living room and he heard what sounded like someone throwing bricks underneath the basement steps. And then he heard someone pounding, running, like, like stomping up the basement steps. And then the faucets in the bathroom and the kitchen turned on by themselves. Now, mind you, the basement steps, the bottom of the steps are directly in my dad's workroom where he transfers film. So I go into the house. My mom goes into the house. My sister goes into the house. My brother stays outside and the kitchen faucet's on, the bathroom faucet's on. So I turn them off. And what do I immediately do? I call Kristen. Call her up on the house phone. Kristen, I don't know what you did, but whatever you sent away is back and they're angrier than ever. And they're actually physically manifesting like things like that had never really happened before like i've seen um you know entities i've seen but this is like the, the first time where there was actually physical things being altered i mean well besides the poltergeist activity i guess you could say but like this is the first time i've experienced for something firsthand like this so my kristen you got to come back you got to come back today and you got to undo or you got to just fix 
this. <laughs> like, I, this needs to stop happening. This is like getting too freaky right now. And she told me, I can't come over today. I have some family stuff, but I can come over, you know, probably within the next week. I'm like, okay, all right, just come over within the next week, do your thing and get rid of this stuff. So what do I do? Since Kristen can't come over, I invite all my friends over. I invite Ryan. I invite Jesse. I invite my friend Alfred. I invite Matt and Katie. Matt, the best friend, my best friend who is dating the girl that I was dating. Fight everybody over. Everyone's having a great old time where, uh, you know, playing basketball, playing video games. You know, I have my music stuff set up in the basement. We're jamming and everything. Just, you know, just having a, a good summer night with with friends. And I've noticed all of a sudden Katie had disappeared and I, she went off into my room and was laying on my bed with like a book in her hand. And so my sister and my friend Ian, who was over go into the bedroom and I go and sh- I go in shortly after and Katie's crying and is acting really weird all of a sudden. And she puts a notebook down, gets out of my bed, grabs a blanket from the clo- hallway closet, wraps herself in the blanket and goes outside and lays in the driveway. Doesn't talk to anybody for the rest of the night. Everyone's super confused because, you know, minutes prior, she was super bubbly, having a great time. Now she's ignoring everybody, laying covered with a blanket on the driveway. And this is like July, so it's like hot out. It's just super bizarre, super confusing. Like I said, doesn't say anything to anybody the rest of the night. So gets late, everyone ends up going home. And what do you do when you're 17 years old in the early 2000s, when you're done hanging out with your friends, you sign on to AOL Instant Messenger so you can hang out with your friends again. So I'm on. Everyone else is on. Matt's on. Katie's on. Her name was Magical Mystery Girl. And I get this message from Katie. And she tells me, Mark, I didn't want to say anything with everybody around. But when I went in your room and laid in your bed, I felt pressure on my legs and I couldn't move. And I had these terrible, awful thoughts in my head. And I heard this voice say, I will, I don't know if I can swear, so I won't. Maybe I swear it already. I don't remember. I'm sorry if I did. But she heard a voice say, I will F the pain away. And I'm just, I'm I'm super freaked out because not only, you know, did my brother experience the pounding up the stairs and the faucets turning on now, this girl that I you know, I'm super close with is getting paralyzed in my bed, hearing these horrible, uh, uh, you know, words in her mind and having terrible thoughts and is terrified. So that terrifies me. So, you know, she's continuing the conversation with me and she's telling me that she's like thirsty and doesn't feel very good and that she's going to go get a cup of water. So I get another little message. Now this is from Matt punky Jesus skater. That was his AOL name. He messages me and he's like, dude, What's wrong with Katie? What 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 happened at your house? I'm like, well, what are you talking about? He copied and pasted the conversation that they are currently having. And Katie starts, Magical Mystery Girl starts to tell him what happened. Matt, I need to tell you something. I was laying in Mark's bed and I felt paralyzed. And then, and then something is like interrupting what she's typing. And it just says, don't effing listen to her. She's a little whore. She's a little slut. Don't effing listen to her. And all these weird symbols and stuff. Like something is like, typing through her or whatever. And I'm like, now I'm getting super freaked out. So Matt sends me this conversation that they're having. And then now Katie signs back on and she starts talking to me again, but she's talking lightning fast, not talking like herself, not 
is not saying like those creepy things that she was telling Matt, but she's speaking like a, a weird old dude just saying all this random stuff and I have no idea what she's talking about. It's super confusing. So I just tell her, I'm like, Katie, you need to get some sleep, get some rest. Let's just, we'll, we'll, I'll see you soon. You just need to relax and get some sleep. I think you'll be okay. Just, you know, yeah, just try to, try to calm down. So everyone signs off, go to sleep. The next day at about 3 p.m. or so, I get a phone call from Matt and he's hysterical. He's hysterical because that day he was also in a band and he was passing out flyers around town for their show that coming weekend with Katie and Katie's friend and Matt's band member. Uh, his name's Pedro. So Pedro and Mallory are in the back seat. Matt and Katie are in the front seat. They're driving around, passing out flyers for the show. Get some food, you know. They drop Pedro off home, and now they're on the expressway to take Katie back home and Mallory because they were going to hang out. So while they're driving home on the expressway, Katie's acting really weird, is complaining of being really thirsty. And, you know, Matt's like trying to hold her hand, but she's like making a fist. She like won't let him hold his hand. And all of a sudden, in like uh, a weird voice, she just randomly says, God is dead. And Matt's like, uh, Katie, what are you talking about? And then she starts speaking almost as if she had was having two voices like, God is dead. God is dead. God is not alive. God is dead. And starts screaming in like two pitches. And at this point, Matt is like looking at Mallory and like, what the heck's going on? And at this point, Katie starts trying to grab a steering wheel from Matt on the expressway, starts grabbing his penis, starts making him grab her vagina. And she's going crazy, screaming, get out of me, get out of me, help me, screaming, 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 screaming. Then she, you know, the windows roll down because it's summer. She's trying to also get out of, get out of a seatbelt and trying to get out of the car too, trying to jump out on the expressway. So, you know, Matt pulls her back and pulls to the side of the road and is trying to calm her down, but she's hysterical. She finally starts gagging like she's about to puke. And so Matt kind of puts her head out the window so she doesn't puke in the car. So she pukes outside about three times and then sits back in the car and is silent. Matt looks, Matt's trying to snap her out of it. She's not saying anything. And Matt's like looking at Mallory like, what the, what is happening? So finally, Katie snaps out of it and like looks around and says like, hey, why are we parked on the side of the expressway? I was supposed to be home now. I, can we just please get home? Like, why are, what are we doing on the side of the road? Super confused. And Matt's just like, uh, okay. So they drive Katie home. And when they get back to Katie's house, they kind of let Katie go into the house. She is not acknowledging what had happened 20, 30 minutes prior. And Matt is talking to Mallory like, hey, dude, what do we do? Like, is this some like messed up joke? Like, why is she, what is she, what? What is she trying to accomplish by like trying to kill us on the expressway? We need to like talk to her because that was not cool at all. So they go into the into Katie's house and Katie's in the basement now and she's on her computer. And there is this pop up that won't go away. They can't get it to leave. And it's this like a word document. And there's like this two lines of this language that's not English. And it's the computer's acting really weird. Matt can't figure it out. And finally, like Matt tells Katie what had happened in the car kind of tells her like hey like what was that about and Katie's confused like what are you talking about what was what about and Matt tells Katie dude like you almost killed us on the expressway you were screaming get out of me you were you know grabbing the steering wheel you were clawing at me you were trying to jump out of the car like that's not cool Katie was terrified because she had not remembered a single thing that had happened and she starts crying so at this point you know Matt calls me and this is where, you know, Matt is, you know, the conversation I'm having at 3 p.m. Matt 
told me what had just happened and I am terrified. And, you know, and I am t- asking Matt, Matt, what was, what's on her computer? What are the words that are on her computer? Can you like, let me know, send them to me. So he sends me the words that are on the computer. I write them down and I go to altavista.com at the time, because that's what the search engine that was cool at the time. And I I'm kind of am able to translate a little bit, but it says something along the lines of we were able to bring you down to the great Tante or something, T-A-N-T-E. At this point, I call, said being very Catholic, I call the priest at my church, Father Ben. And I'm like, Father Ben, this is going to sound crazy, but I think my ex-girlfriend is possessed by a demon and I need you to exercise her. And he's like, whoa, 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 wait up. He's like, first of all, exorcisms are pretty serious. And that's like a last ditch effort. He's like, that rarely needs to happen. Just have her come to mass tomorrow morning. Have her come to confession with me. That usually clears that can clear this stuff up. So, and, and then I also told him the the words that were on the computer screen. And he's like, told me that uh, that, that sounds kind of like a, like a half French, half Latin, you know, he's like, I don't know what that is. That's just, that's like a, a language I don't know. Or it sounds kind of like, you know, half and half something. So, okay. Get off the phone with father Ben. First thing I do first is I call Katie and I tell Katie, listen, like, I know you're super afraid right now, but me and my mom want to take you to church tomorrow. I just called the priest at my church. He said, if you just come in, have a confession, go to mass, this should kind of, you know, make this kind of stuff stop. So please go, you know, please, you know, just come with us. She agrees to go to church with us. I also immediately call Kristen and I tell Kristen what had happened. I tell Kristen that the thing that happened with Katie in my room, I tell Kristen what happened not with in Matt's car in the expressway. And I tell her things are getting a little more serious. You need to come over. You need to fix this. I need you to meet Katie. You guys need to talk. You've, you've gone through ex- similar experiences. You guys need to meet and just please, 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 please help make this stop. Again, Kristen's like, I, I can't come over today, but I can come over. I can come over tomorrow. So I make plans for Kristen to come over tomorrow. Well, the next day, the night, before we went to, to mass, the uh, we decided to have a pool party at a friend's house for Katie because Katie is super confused, super depressed. She doesn't know what's going on. So we have a, a nice party for her to get her mind off things. You know, I'm also talking to her parents. Her parents probably think I'm a lunatic because I'm, I'm telling her parents, hey, listen, I think Katie's possessed by a demon. I'm going to take care of it. We're going to take her to church the, the next morning. We're going to have her go to confession. And, you know, her parents are like, OK, OK, Mark, OK, we got you. Yeah, yeah, whatever you say. <laughs> like just cra- kind of crazy stuff. So, uh, yeah, so we have a pool party for Katie to get her mind off everything. Next morning, my parents, well, my mom and my sister and I take Katie to church. And Katie's acting really weird during mass. I just remember her like kind of, you know, certain parts of mass. She's like on her knees, like swaying back and forth, looking really creepy, you know, grabbing her wrists and stuff, just acting, acting weird. And after church is done, after mass is over, she goes and she, you know, I introduce her to Father Ben and her and Father Ben meet and they go into Father Ben into the um, the chapel and they have, she has confession with him and they're in there for a long time. It's probably like a half hour and me and my mom are waiting. And as soon as, they're done. Katie runs out of the chapel, gives me a big hug and starts crying and says, please, I just want this to stop. And, I, you know, I'm confused. I'm like, OK, you know, I'll, I'll do whatever I can to make this stop. And, you know, Father Ben comes to me, he gives me a hug. He's like, I think things are going to be OK. So, OK, <laughs> yeah, I hope things are OK, too. <laughs> so people go home. Like I said, it's really early. And I, I tell Katie, I'm like, listen, I, I called my friend Kristen. She's gone through has gone through some same similar things. 
I think we should, you guys should talk. We should all hang out and just try to get, just get this somehow past us. Cause I think Kristen might be able to help at least help with this a little bit. So everyone goes home, eats lunch, and then everyone comes back to my house. I don't know, maybe around 3 PM, 4 PM or so. Kristen and Katie meet for the first time and they go into my bedroom to talk. They're in there for a very long time. Honestly, probably at least an hour, maybe two hours. And they come out, come out of the room. Katie goes to Matt because Matt was over too. And she embraces him. And Kristen comes out of my room and she goes right into the living room and starts rolling on the floor, hugging herself, singing like an angel about Jesus. And it's crazy. She's literally rolling on the ground and hugging herself and singing like Whitney Houston random like all of a sudden and you know we're in the hallway and we're just kind of like looking at at Kristen rolling on the ground singing and it's like it's literally it's like straight from like a David Lynch movie it's insane I have this possessed ex-girlfriend who I just took the confession to I had this Kristen girl who you know was binding demons in my house and now she's in my living room rolling on the ground singing like Whitney Houston about Jesus and then when she's done singing she gets up does her little language thing and you know blesses every room Binds everything, tells me, hey, I think I think this is finally going to be over with. Well, I never really saw Kristen again after that day. Uh, and Katie went through some pretty dark stuff, which I don't really want to talk about right now because they're a little bit too personal. But she struggled with some things after this whole debacle. But Kristen, uh, about a year or two later, I was working at a one-hour photo lab, and I randomly, someone came in to get their photos done, and it was Beth. It was Kristen's old friend from school who she got, you know, we went to grade school. She got gotten, you know, kicked out or, you know, their parents moved them because they were into witchcraft and stuff. And, you know, she, I was like, oh, Mark, I haven't seen you in years. Hey, did you hear what happened to Kristen? I'm like, no, what do you? What happened to Kristen? I haven't seen her. And I didn't tell Beth about any of this demon stuff or like this whole possession thing. She tells me, yeah, Kristen ended up getting AIDS somehow and started spreading it to people on purpose. I'm like, what are you like? What are you talking about? Kristen got AIDS and is spreading is spreading it to people on purpose. I'm like, what? So I, I, I am super like now messed up because the last time I seen her, she was rolling on the ground singing about Jesus and stuff. And now I'm hearing from her best friend that she has AIDS. So I, you know, immediately I get home from work and I do some research online and I, I can't really find anything other than, you know, some weird cryptic live journal entries about being sick. And then I find her on Facebook and I, I, I message her and I'm like, Kristen, I'm just checking in. I haven't talked to you since everything happened that one summer. Like, I hope you're well. Also, I ran into Beth and she told me that you were sick. Kristen got so mad, told me how dare I even, um, you know, uh, accuse her of having uh, AIDS or HIV and tells me to never talk to her again. I've never talked to her again. That, this was uh, like 22 years ago. I've tried to do research. I can't find anything about her anywhere. I don't know where she is. Katie, on the other hand, seems to be doing well. So that is at least good. But yeah, that was my my uh, summer, uh, summer of 2001. Pretty, pretty fun, pretty memorable, pretty spooky. Um, yeah, so that's that story. So there's hasn't been anything too, well, there's been some major things since then, but nothing quite in the demonic sense, I guess you could say. You know, I, I have had some experiences when I was like, you know, at various houses I've lived at where I would feel a presence enter my room. 
my, I would be, my eyes would be closed. I couldn't open them and I would feel, I don't want to say it was anything sexual, but I would feel like an arousal in my genital area and in my, uh, let's say, I don't know, let's just say my back end area too, my like, you know, prostate area or whatever. Okay. Just like, uh, a sort of just an, an arousal that was happening by, I feel like it was by happening by external forces. So, you know, being a, uh, a Catholic person and being somebody who has experienced, you know, uh, quote unquote possession experience in my life. I've, you know, done research and, you know, you, we all know about like succubuses and incubuses and stuff. So I was assuming that something was trying to suck Yibus my, uh, <laughs> my penis or something or trying to, you know, uh, get, get a little fresh with me. So whenever this would happen, I would try to fight it off and I would feel this little pinprick in the center of my mind. And then my whole body would be covered in not covered, but like my, I would feel like almost like an orgasmic feeling over my entire body, pure ecstasy. And I would black out. And this had happened a few times, you know, at least five times. And, you know, it would be startling and super scary and I would fight it off every single time. So, you know, I would joke, you know, my, my, my wife right now, uh, Courtney, I, you know, she knows all my ghost stories and I, you know, I would joke with her. I'm like, oh, ghosts are trying to like, you know, suck my or whatever, just, you know, super inappropriate stuff, but kind of joking about it, but also being totally terrified at the same time. And like I said, every single time this would happen, I would fight it off, but I would feel the pinprick and I would feel that ecstasy feeling and I would black out. You know, I, I kind of just chalked it off to like, you know, maybe being super tired or like having like a whatever, a quote unquote wet dream or something. But like, you know, this was in my, up until, you know, even in my thirties, it was happening. So the last time it happened was probably, I don't know, maybe three or four years ago. And this time, you know, I decided to like, you know, I'm going to just try to sit back and, you know, maybe enjoy whatever is trying to happen to me. Okay. As messed up as that sounds, instead of being afraid, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to just, you know, jump into this and I'm just going to sit back and try to relax and enjoy whatever this presence is trying to do to me. So this one night, same thing happens. That feeling comes over me. Something's going on in my private area and I'm trying, you know, mentally to enjoy it. And all of a sudden I get this telepathic, almost voice speaking to me, like, and also the presence the presence is very like androgynous. I don't get like a, a male or female like vibe from whatever is, this presence is, but I, in my mind, I'm being spoken to and it's kind of like, Hey buddy, like this isn't that kind of thing. Like this is like, we're, we're trying to do some work here. Like this is not like uh this is definitely a business transaction. This is not pleasure. So just please like close your eyes and, you know, just try not to like enjoy this in that way. Cause this is not what this is about. And then I feel the pinprick, the full body ecstasy feeling and I black out. And that, that freaked me out because, you know, I was vaguely familiar with the topic of UFOs and aliens and abductions, but you know, the common thread with a lot of those is that telepathic communication. And this is the first time that, you know, it it may have happened before, but this was the first time that I, I actually was totally aware of like, oh, something is definitely speaking to me through nonverbal communication, but verbal at the same time. Totally, totally freaked me out. (laughs) 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Introducing the High Strangeness Coffee Blend by Redacted Coffee Company. A medium roast of the Brazilian kind. This medium roast offers flavors of chocolate and vanilla combined with a distinct fruity taste and a unique sweet flora aroma. The experience of high strangeness doesn't end there, with a sweet butter aftertaste that doesn't fade as your coffee cools. This coffee regains its flavors all the way through your cup, ensuring it truly is good to the last drop. The veteran-funded, employee-owned, redacted coffee company and UFO Chronicles podcast have partnered together to bring you the best coffee on and off the planet. Get 20% off your first order now at redactedcoffee.com forward slash UFO. That's redactedcoffee.com forward slash UFO. Or follow the link below in this episode's description or click on the banner of my website. This podcast is fueled by coffee oozing high strangeness. So what are you waiting for? Wake up to the strange. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And, you know, I, I had recently another experience like this. I was laying in bed at the house I live in now. And I felt this presence enter the room and I was just thinking to myself, here we go again. And I am paralyzed and I go to get up and I feel I have this telepathic voice tell me in my mind, hey, listen, keep your eyes closed no matter what. Relax. You're going to be fine. Just keep your eyes closed. Just don't fight it. Keep your eyes closed no matter what. Speaking to me in my mind. It was not my self-thinking these thoughts, something was putting these thoughts in my mind. And then I felt a little pinprick. And all of a sudden that ecstasy feeling washes over me and I black out. And very strange, I have this dream that night that I'm driving in the neighborhood I grew up in by my parents' house. And I see this UFO in the sky. And all of a sudden I am taken somewhere about 20 to 40 minutes pass. And then I'm back in my car and the dream ends and I wake up and I'm like, Oh my God, what, what happened? And I had another experience like that. Another experience a few years ago. This is the night I remember distinctly. It was the finale of the watchmen on HBO. My cat was acting really weird this night. It was chasing around something in the house that I couldn't see. Like normally he's super chill. His name's Nightmare Jonathan, cutest guy ever. Very chill. Never really, n- nothing gets him excited ever. He's very just. He's got three good legs, one bad leg. He just takes his time. He's very very chill. But this night he was acting super weird, and it kind of freaked me out. Like he got up on the couch and was staring directly up at the ceiling, and wouldn't move. And I'm like, what is he doing? I, I told Courtney, I'm like, what is Jonathan doing? Like I've never seen him do that before. Then, you know, finally he snaps out of it and we all go to bed. At three in the morning, I wake up all sweaty on top of my covers and I'm out of it. I feel my my eyes are burning and I'm like, what? I I go get out of bed and I, I, I get a glass of water. And all of a sudden I have this very vivid memory of me floating above my bed, seeing Courtney to my right on the bed 
And to my left, seeing these two entities, I can't really move my eyes enough to really get, get too much detail, but I have this overwhelming feeling that I was, I don't want to even say abducted. I was floating above my bed that night and I woke up on top of my bed, on top of the covers, all sweaty with my eyes burning. I go back to sleep and the next morning I tell Courtney, I'm like, listen, I swear there were aliens in our room last night. I don't know if I was abducted, but my eyes burn. Like I'm, uh, you know, she always humors me, you know, love her. She, you know, humors me every time. So I tell her, I'm like, listen, Courtney, I'm going to make an eye exam. I I haven't had my eyes checked in a while. Watch, I'm going to go get my eyes checked and they're going to tell me, ooh, you know, what your eyes are burned. You know, something happened to you. You know, I I just wanted some validation. So I made an eye appointment. (laughs) So um, I make an eye appointment for a few days, you know, later. But before my eye appointment, uh, actually the day after I was quote unquote abducted. Well, another thing, sorry to backtrack. Whenever these experiences happen to me, these, you know, where I'm spoken to telepathically, I have a lot of, I don't want to say psychic abilities, but I have a lot of strange synchronicities happen to me before and after this telepathic communication, almost as if maybe there's some sort of priming happening to where, you know, the communicate that the signals are more clear, like, you know, thinking about somebody and then running into them that same day, or, you know, thinking about these random words and then having the TV, you know, say these random words that I'm thinking, just like these type of, you know, subtle, um, things that we may not think are significant, but happen super intensely before and after the, the, I've had these, you know, quote unquote, these telepathic communications with whatever these things. Um, so anyways, backtrack, make an eye appointment before I, but before I can go to the eye doctor, my brother's getting married the next day. So my whole family is at breakfast, you know, we're waiting, you know, this is before the ceremony for my, my brother's wedding and we're all sitting at this breakfast table. Okay. I'm sitting and my sister sitting to my right, Courtney and my wife sitting to my left, my mom's in front of me and we're all just eating breakfast. And my sister turns to me out of nowhere and asks me, Mark, were you abducted last night? I lost my mind. I'm like, what? Why are, are you being serious? Why are you asking me if I was abducted last night? Like, I swear to God, I think I was abducted. And here's what happened. And I told her what happened. And my sister tells me, and I don't want to talk about it right now, but I've been going to the psychic lately. And this, this psychic told me that, you know, we've been being abducted. And it started when mom was pregnant with us. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, you know, I, I, I don't really know how, you know, how valid or true I felt or think that is, but just, you know, having that experience or that memory I had of be floating above my bed in the very next day, my sister asking me if I was abducted by aliens, super crazy. So like I said, I've avoided the topic of aliens and abductions for a long time, just because it's, it really scared me. It scared me to death my entire life. But there's this movie that came out a few years ago. And I remember seeing the the trailer on like io9.com or something or AV club a while ago uh, for it's called love and saucers directed by Brad Abrams. It's a, it's a, um, a documentary about this artist. His name is David Huggins and he has experienced supposedly in the, in the movie trailer, he like has sex with these aliens and he paints pictures of his experiences. And, you know, seeing this trailer, you know, it seemed kind of goofy enough 
and you know, kind of almost heartwarming enough for me to want to actually kind of dive in to the topic of alien abductions and, you know, UFOs and all that stuff. So I watched the movie. Love it. Amazing. Great. It's so good. I suggest everybody see it. It's just it's just a nice semi free, you know, freaky kind of kind of movie. But it's it, it's just great. It's a joy. And one thing that um, the subject of the, of the movie said, uh, was talking about David Huggins, he said he read this book called Intruders, the uh, Incredible Visitations at Copley Woods by Bud Hopkins. He he says he read this book and all of a sudden all these memories came back over him. And it really cracked open, like, you know, what had happened to him, what, what had been going on with him his entire life. And that really intrigued me. So I ended up buying a copy of the book on uh, eBay. And, you know, I start reading through this book and people, you know, abductees are talking about these orbs of light that they end up seeing and end up luring them to certain places before there's missing time. And then all of a sudden I'm like thinking about the night where I saw those three entities and then the glow in the dark stickers and that orb that was in the bathroom that led me into my hallway where I would normally never go, where I was greeted by those three glowing beings. And I was like, oh my God, did this start? Did this, have I been being abducted by aliens like my entire life? Did it start that, that night? I don't know. And then I'm like reading the book and on this page, it talks about, I'm just going to quote it. It's page 213 in the version I have. It says, Dan suddenly jumps and begins to shiver. Tears come to his eyes and he's obviously very frightened. I ask what happened, what he felt. He answers very softly that I have to ask him twice before I can make out the single word of his answer. Electricity. I ask him if he feels it through his whole body, just the head. I ask if the clear conical thing is still on his genital area while this is happening. He answers in a soft, bewildered voice. I don't know. I don't know. I just see a bright light above me. I don't know. I don't understand it. There's a great deal more to this experience. But as Dan acknowledged afterwards, in this part of his encounter, a sperm sample had been taken. The surge of electricity that he felt in his head while his genital area was covered by the clear conical object suggests to me some kind of artificial neurological trigger for the sexual release through this is the only speculation. I read that and I, I had flashbacks of what had been happening to me, feeling the sensation in my groin area and that pinprick of electricity, ecstasy feeling starting in my mind and washing over my entire body. And, and I remember, you know, it, sometimes when these things would happen, I, I would feel like um, being brought to the point of, you know, orgasm or whatever. And, you know, I would wake up thinking like, oh, I probably had a wet dream. And then, you know, my boxers or underwear would be totally dry. And it would just be like, okay, well, what happened? So I'm reading that. And then, you know, I end up reading, I read that whole book and there's just so many experiences that I connected with. And it just made me rethink everything that had happened to me. My whole life, I have always viewed these experiences as weird, random, one-off ghost stories. You know, I was always the, the, the guy at parties that, you know, everyone was hanging out. I was the guy that always had like a creepy ghost story. And I would share the stories that I'm sharing with all of you at parties or with friends at, you know, at lunch tables, you know, with peers, with coworkers all the time. So, you know, I finished that book, loved it. And then, you know, I decided to read Communion. And, you know, everyone knows the cover of that book. It's that, you know, uh, you know, Classic, you know, big black eyed alien uh, looking guy on the cover. So I decide to read this book. And there's another a number of things that 
really connect, I connect with. One of them being this, uh, on page 15, I'm going to read, uh, it talks about, uh, you know, in the book, it says, I felt that I was under the exact and detailed control of whomever had me. I could not move my head or my hands or any part of my body, save for my eyes. Despite this, I was not tied. Immediately on my right was another figure. This one, completely invisible, except for an occasional flash of movement. This person was working busily at something that had seemed to have to do with the right side of my head. It wore a dark blue coveralls and was extremely fast. I have goosebumps right now just reading that. That blue dude, when I was younger, like seven or eight years old, that blue guy I saw in my room was wearing dark blue coveralls and he zoomed out of the room extremely fast. After I read that, those words in communion, I was like, oh my God, I have been being abducted or some sort of beings have been communicating with me like for real. Like this is, this is not imaginary. This isn't random ghost stories that have been happening to me. This is, there are, it just kind of has opened my mind. It's just, you know, I, it's crazy. I, I'm no longer afraid of what is happening to me. It sort of has almost brought me comfort in a way. And, and, you know, I can't say for a fact it is or is not happening, but there's, you know, especially hearing people speak about their stories on your podcast, it brings me sort of comfort that there's sort of an explanation of what has been going on. And it sort of makes me feel, I don't know, maybe special in a way if I'm somehow chosen to be a you know, as subject for, you know, whatever these, these beings are. So like I mentioned at the start of this, how important it is that we share stories with people um, all the time. I think we need to make, you know, talking about these topics, part of our everyday, you know, c- communication with others. So one thing that I've been actively doing, um, I have been, you know, whenever I'm training somebody new at work or like meet someone new, I just try to break the ice. I, you know, one of the first things I ask them, I'm like, Hey, have you ever seen a ghost, alien, or UFO before? And it, you know, it kind of catches them off guard. But usually everyone has a story. And if they don't personally have a story, someone in their family or close friend does. So, you know, I've been tr- really trying to do that a lot more lately. And like two weeks ago, uh, there's this guy, Trevor, at my work. And I know he lives in, um, you know, high up in, in off the ocean in, in, in uh, Canada. And, you know, I, I, I'm asking him, we're having like a meeting uh, it's just him and I are the only ones in, in like uh, the, the the Zoom meeting at the time. And I asked him, I'm like, hey, Trevor, like, you know, you live, you know, kind of in a remote area on the ocean. Have you ever seen, you know, a UFO or alien or ghost or whatever before? And he's like, dude, like, funny, you should bring that up. You know, when my grandfather was dying in the hospital, you know, I, I experienced at the point of his death, I saw all of these. I The only thing I can describe as spirits take him or he'd take his spirit with them and leave the room. And it, I thought I was going crazy and I had to leave the room. I thought I was losing my mind. And a nurse had followed me and asked me what I had saw. And, you know, Trevor explained to the nurse what he had saw. And the nurse says, you know it, you're not alone. Like this happens somewhat regularly. And I'm like, dude, Trevor, you know, thank you for sharing, you know, that story with me. That's beautiful. And then he starts to tell me another story. He tells me when I was in my twenties, I was in my room and I, I saw this man standing next to my bed. And then all of a sudden I stop him and I tell him, was he blue? And his eyes get bigger. And I said, were his eyes big? And and did he have like a crazy smile and look 
you know, kind of like Rodney Dangerfield, Trevor's eyes get bigger. And then I'm like, did he move really fast? And Trevor loses his mind. He tells me, I have never told anyone other than my mom and my wife what I saw that night. And you're describing what I had seen. And oh my God, not only does the communion talk about this blue man in blue coveralls who's really fast. My friend Trevor at work saw the same dude when he was 20s. He wasn't a little kid. Crazy. That's why it's so important just to, you know, talk about this stuff. It's really happening. It's ha- things are happening to people. We're not crazy. Um, you know, the the first episode I listened to of your podcast was the one about the devil's den. And, it, you know, I forgot the gentleman's name who experienced all those things, but he talked about seeing, you know, when he was abducted, seeing maybe he didn't know where they were from, but they were like regular people, but they were wearing uh, military outfits and they were on these UFOs with these people that were being abducted. And that just like, that kind of like blew my mind. And, and it, you know, especially with all these UFO, um, UFO sightings that are, you know, the government coming out and saying, Hey, these things are real. We can't explain them, but they're real. We know something is happening. And after listening to devil's den and you know, the, the, the interview subject talking about seeing, you know, soldiers, I guess you could say on UFOs, it had me thinking like, you know, what if, what if America or whoever has been given access to UFOs to study in exchange for being able to do tests on people? They're allowing, sort of allowing this to happen. They, these entities are able to, as long as they're keeping us safe, are able to test and do poke and prod. You know, I've listened to other interviews where, you know, there's, I don't want to go down that wormhole about like, you know, the hybrid, um, you know, cloning or like, you know, seeding different planets or different dimensions or whatever. But like, what if there's like some sort of, you know, treaty between the government or people high up and these entities? I don't know. It just, I, I can't stop thinking about all this stuff now. Like I am, my life is making so much more sense now that I have this lens uh, and, and, and have been listening to other stories of people. And it just has brought me such great comfort. And, it, you know, it sounds terrifying. And, you know, people who have maybe haven't experienced these things, it may sound like the worst thing ever, but really it's, I don't know, part of me thinks it's almost beautiful in a way. I, I don't know. It's really hard to describe. It's like scary and beautiful. And like this universe is, there's, there's just so much to it. And I just, we need to just stop looking at down in our phones as much and the stop. I mean, we all have to worry about making money and like, you know, paying to put food in our kids' mouths and, you know, all that stuff. And, but it's just, it's so important to just share these stories with each other because there's something going on. There's so much more than the things that we can see and the things that we deal with there. I don't know. It, it also had me thinking, you know, back to, you know, when I was younger and the wallpaper talking to me, and, you know, th- there's this, I don't want to say narrative, but like, you know, kids see ghosts, kids see monsters when they're growing up. Strange things happen to kids all the time. You know, I've experienced, we've all experienced things like that. I've experienced like the wallpaper talking to me and it had me thinking like, what if each and every one of us are kind of tested and, you know, we, we are given these mental tests at a very young age to determine who or who is and who's not susceptible to, to being kind of tested on long term, who can handle it mentally, who can, who is more, you know, I guess, able to be put under to or maybe allow these things to happen to them. And, and I think maybe each and every one of us are kind of, you know, tested in this way at an early age. And it eventually, you know, over time becomes more and more intense until like, like I said, the last few years, 
with all of this abduction stuff and being spoken with telepathically and having these memories of, you know, these potential like semen samples taken or whatever. I just think all of us or a lot of us from an early age, there there's something happening with us, with humankind. And there are, there are powers greater than ours that are at least very interested in us. And I think that is important. And I think we just need to talk about it and to not be afraid. And we need to share our stories with one another because if anything, even if any, nothing is actually happening, it's just, it's fun to talk about. It's, it's so interesting. And I just want to thank you, Nick, for having me on and letting me share my stories. If anybody can connect with any of these, feel free to reach out to Nick with my contact information. I would love to talk to you. I'd love to listen to what you have to say. And I just, you know, I just want to tell everybody, don't be afraid. And uh, yeah, talk to your neighbor. Find out what's going on, baby. The truth is out there. That is all for this week. Keep updated and connected with the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you've had an encounter that you'd like to share on the podcast, you can email me at ufochronicles at gmail.com or you can reach out to me via the contact page on my website at ufochroniclespodcast.com. A special thanks to Mark for sharing tonight and thank you all for listening. I will be back next week. Till then, stay safe and keep watching the skies. Goodbye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.